Hello, church. I am honored to be here with you, to share God's Word with you, to share what God has put on my heart uh, through the reading of His Word and through just the Holy Spirit's activity in my life and my desire to follow after Jesus. Now, Pastor Brian, he just shared with us a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians. Now, there's, there's this one key spot that I want to zero in on. God makes it grow. God makes it grow. So first of all, Paul is addressing a people who are pridefully taking sides. Much to Paul's frustration and to all accounts Apollos' frustration as well, these people are following one leader over another and they're forgetting that it's God himself above all of these gifts and givings and these skills and these people coming together. It's God above all of it that has actually been growing them. God is in the business of growth. God is in the business of transformation. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. God has the capacity, God has the capacity to bring about transformation in your life. You might not believe that, you might have forgotten about that, but it is true. It's not about taking sides, but appreciating all of the unique and varied gifts that have been given to all of us so that we can make space for God to do what only He can do in our lives. And this is the direction that we are headed in today, that God makes it grow. God is at work in our life. God's grace to transform us is true and real and beautiful, but there's a responsibility, there's a call for all of us to participate in that, to have practices. Uh, here's a question for us. What, what practices, what people are you putting into your life to make space for God to be at work? Her name is Diane. And uh, my friend and I, we go to breakfast and we go to breakfast often and She's a waitress at McLeod's, McLeod Trail's Humpties, and she's been there for over 30 years. She knows her job. She's kind to her customers. And my friend Cliff and I, uh, we often have breakfast there, and this morning uh, we, had coffee, we had breakfast there as well. A couple of days ago, Cliff woke up at 2 a.m. with Diane on, her, on his mind, and he turned to his wife, and they prayed for her. This morning, he asked her, he's like, hey, so you know what? I, I've, I've felt an impression to ask you, how are you doing? And that I've been praying for you. She turned to us and she let us know actually that in a couple of days she was without employment. They were shutting down. They are shutting down the Humpties on McLeod. 30 years and no severance. She's just done. And Cliff and I, we just kind of sat there listening to her story, listening to her talk about how she's still hopeful that there's opportunities possibly down the road for her. And in the back of my mind, I felt God starting to nudge, just pull at me a little bit, uh, that in this conversation with her and with Cliff, I started to feel my Grinch-sized heart, my stingy personality start to expand a little bit more and more. And I realized that, yeah, God wanted me to give her a gift. God wanted me to bless her and to thank her and to encourage her as she figures out what's next. 
And so after all of that, I gave, gave, a, gave a tip that was, was worthy of where I felt God was leading me. And I honestly believe that that moment, God's gift to me, God's gift of being generous in that moment was not possible without Cliff first asking the question and then he and I talking about it and then me acting on it. As I walked in the front doors of the church this morning, all around me as I was walking in, you could see leaves having fallen. There was that crisp fall air and it made me think of harvest. Harvest is one of those beautiful things, is it not? I think so. Harvest where the fields are being like cut and baled and we've got grain elevators being filled and then you've maybe just in the past couple of weeks you've gone into your garden and you've taken out those carrots that were once teeny, like teeny tiny seeds that are now these beautiful, tasty, brush it off, you eat it right there, you don't need to wash them, it's so good. The seed completely transformed, right? Maybe it was watered. Of course it was watered. Maybe you planted it. But God made it grow. The process of being planted, nourished, and given time all works together. But the mystery, the true beauty, the mystery of harvest is that God is doing a work that we don't really understand. My friend, she uh, she just had a baby recently, about seven months ago, at the beginning of COVID, and it's so cute. She's so cute, this little girl, and you blink in one moment, and now she's grabbing for things. You blink again, and she's rolling and kind of babbling, trying to work out words. You blink again, and she's negotiating with you about why she should be able to take the car with her friends that you don't know off on some random car destination, and you think to yourself, when did they grow? How did this happen? How did this come about? God is in the business of growing. God transforms us. Uh, John Ortberg, in his book, The Life You've Always Wanted, Spiritual Disciplines for Ordinary People, he says this, the possibility of transformation is the essence of hope. The possibility of transformation is the essence of hope. The possibility that things will not remain as they are gives us hope. It's a reason to continue on. It's a reason to fight another day. The possibility that you can grow into more, that you can be transformed into a glorious, beautiful, powerful person that is a delight to others and that you are at peace with yourself. The possibility that we, God's people, can together grow into more. That First Naz can grow as a community. That a seed of an idea, a, a planted seed, a conviction, a calling that has been planted in our hearts can, through God's mysterious work, grow and grow. This is part of the good news of Jesus. That Jesus has made transformation possible, that he's made it possible. Right now, in this world, in this moment, the possibility of transformation exists. Church, if there were ever a time, it is right now for you to catch hold of this possibility. Jesus came with this announcement. 
the kingdom of God has come near. And we've been hearing that for years, for generations. A kingdom that has driven away brokenness and continues to drive away brokenness. It brings healing. It sets people free. It provides redemption. And it holds the power of radical transformation. That my story, your story, can be a story of transformation. Whether you've had success in the past or not, you can be transformed by the grace of God. You will not always be who you are now. The day is coming when you will be something incomparably better or worse. That is true. So I debated long and hard about how to bring up the topic of spiritual disciplines. This has been something that's on my heart. Do I start with the hope? Do I paint a picture of what could be this beautiful thing? Or do I speak bluntly about the problem? Are you motivated by the carrot being dangled out in front of you or by the stick from behind? The reason I ask is because the conversation about our well-being, our spiritual and personal growth, and the tools and steps necessary is a serious and urgent subject. COVID challenges or not, we find ourselves in a season where we know it is time for us to start moving forward. We all need to be in motion towards greater health. The hunger for a deeper life can only be ignored for so long. Richard Foster says this, perhaps somewhere in the subterranean chambers of your life, you have heard the call to deeper, fuller living. You have become weary of frothy experiences and shadow teaching. Every now and then you have caught glimpses, hints of something more than you have known. Inwardly, you long to launch out into the deep. Is it possible for us to emerge out of this chaotic season, a more vibrant, happier community, a more vibrant, happier person? The answer is yes. We want this for you. I want this for myself. Do you want this for yourself? C.S. Lewis has this lovely statement uh, that I'd like to read to you. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long, we are, in some degree, helping each other, helping one another um, in one of these destinations. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is the immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Mortal horrors or everlasting splendors. 
Have you ever thought of your journey through such a lens? I have not. I often diminish that this life down to like the most mundane of things, and I don't think in these grand, large, beautiful ways that C.S. Lewis has just illustrated for us. But we are, in fact, in motion. The question is, is what direction are you headed in? Um, because of this unique season, uh, several months ago, right when all of this started to happen, I gave myself permission to hit pause. Did, have any of, did any of you do that? And I often, I would talk to people about this and I would say, it feels like I've been living in the month of March for five months. That even in the middle of the summer, I was like, so when is March done? It was just this feeling that we all just took a deep breath and hit pause. We just stopped. And in, in stopping, we thought to ourselves, I thought to myself, I'll just pick this up later. The truth is, that while I might have thought I hit pause, my body and my spirit continued on. We are in motion. The wait and see for our spiritual lives, it needs to end. That season has come and gone. Uh, when I was a youth pastor, I would often notice that whenever we would go to football games or go to different activities, and we would all pile into a train station, and there would be escalators, that this would inevitably happen, that the majority of people would go to the upward escalator, the one you're supposed to get on, but then you would have a couple of those kids that would look over there, and then they would look at the downward moving escalator, and they'd think to themselves, I'm going to race my friends, and they'd go over there, and they would race it up. Whether there were barriers or people in the way or not, they would clamber their way up, and you would always kind of, in a sinister sort of way, hope that maybe they didn't get the start very well, and they would land flat on their face or something like that. You would never wish that as a pastor, never, never, but, you know, you sometimes do. And as they're running up, I, I, I have this picture in my mind that this is a picture of our spiritual lives, of our, of our lives in general. That we have those that uh, get on the upward moving train. One is comfortable and without effort, progressing upward, they, you know, the, and then the other is fighting against these downward forces to reach the same goal. And we all know that this group, that as soon as they stop walking or running, they start heading back down. And there are many who choose the upward escalator. If I just step onto this ledge and relax, I can bring out my phone, I can relax, and voila, I've reached the top without any effort at all. I have progressed, I've grown, I've matured without any contribution at all. And then there are those who run up the downward escalator. There are barriers, negative momentum, but they press onward and upward, eventually reaching the top. Are you the type that have chosen the upward escalator, or have you chosen the downward escalator? Now, I don't want you to think too long about that answer, because I'm not being fair to you. It's kind of uh, it's kind of an illusion because this illustration is deeply flawed. Because I'm sorry to say it, but when it comes to our spiritual growth, upward escalators do not exist. The call to progress towards the image of Christ, that deep hunger in us all to become more whole, integrated, healthy, and spiritually mature has and always will be like going up 
the downward escalator. The minute we stop, the minute we hit pause, the minute we decide to not invest in our lives and make space for God to be at work, we feel that pull. We feel that downward trajectory. It's this law of entropy that we see all around us. And we all know it to be true. This downward pull towards disorder. You stop stretching, your body gets tighter. You stop eating, you wither away. You stop having a balanced diet and you get iller and iller. You stop exercising, you get weaker and weaker. And you stop sharing and you get greedier and greedier. It is a frustrating truth that, you, that if you are not investing in your life, you are slipping backwards. The law of entropy does not discriminate. If you are not nurturing your heart and mind, you are progressing down the escalator. This is the unfortunate bad news that we hear right now here today, that our health and our well-being, both body and spirit, necessitates discipline. A garden won't happen by accident. And left alone, they become a tangle of weeds and sickly flowers. You must surrender the myth that you will become a better person by just existing. There is no upward escalator in your spiritual growth. You also, we need to surrender the myth that there are stairs. There are no stairs in this situation either. And I know some of you are thinking about that. Uh-huh, yeah, upward, downward, but there's stairs. No, in this illustration, no stairs. You must surrender the myth that there are stairs where you can hit pause and just have a timeout and that you can remain where you are. Hitting pause is in fact movement, just not in the direction that you desire. It is time for us, time for you and I to invest and participate in our transformation. Here's some scripture passages that speak of this. Hebrews 6.1 says this, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Colossians 2, uh, 6-7 says this, And now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust Him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with Him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. There are things that we must do. There is the watering, there is the planting, there is the tending and the caring. But there are things that only God can do as well. And so disciplines, those ordained practices, those rhythms that you choose to build into your life, allow us to place before God our lives and ourselves. When we, when we engage in spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, when we invite other people into our lives to shape and transform us, it's like clearing the space so that God can with free access grow 
us up into the image of Jesus Christ. That is the beauty of disciplines and discipleship. And we cannot confuse or misunderstand God's role in this with our role. God grows, we participate. Because if we get this confused, if we get this out of order, this is where all kinds of hurts have taken place. It turns us into Pharisees. Dallas Willard says this, How many people are radically and permanently repelled from the way by Christians who are unfeeling, stiff, unapproachable, boringly lifeless, obsessive and dissatisfied, yet such Christians are everywhere. And what they are missing is the wholesome liveliness springing from a balanced vitality with the freedom of God's loving rule. Spirituality, wrongly understood or pursued, is a major source of human misery and rebellion against God. The minute we think we can transform ourselves, we have fallen off the path. And we find ourselves in dark and dangerous places. Our role is to do what we can to follow after the way of Jesus. To bring into our lives those practices and activities and rhythms that clear the clutter so that God can do what He does. That He can miraculously transform us. My friends, we are in a season as a community of faith. We are in a season where we need to make the decision today to allow God to begin to grow us. If you've been hitting pause in your life and in your spiritual journey, start now. Invest in spiritual disciplines. Make the decision to start to do the work to clear the clutter so that God can have free access to His transforming of you. My friends, we are moving into a great and good future that the Lord has for us. But the question that sits in the back of a lot of our minds is, how do we do that? My encouragement for you right now is first, begin to practice the spiritual disciplines within your home or among your friends and in your families. Call someone up and make a commitment to read through Scripture together, to to confess with one another, to do the things that are necessary. And in all of this, the spiritual practice of unity, right? Whether it's Paul, whether it's Apollos, whether it was Peter, doesn't matter. All of these people were contributing to uh, the Corinthian church so that they could flourish and grow. All of it was to allow God to continue to do what only He could do. And friends, let us be unified. Let us work together. Let us pray for one another so that we, during this season, can see God do amazing things in our lives. Thank you so much. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, only you can grow us, but you call us to act and participate in our own spiritual growth. There are those of us right now that know that we need to clear the clutter, that we need to begin to invest again in our spiritual growth. Lord, help us to pick up the Bible and start reading. Call a friend. Um, begin, begin a fast. Do the things that you, Lord, have ordained for us to do that we see throughout Scripture brings about 
the space, the capacity to hear from you. Grow us, Lord, into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, and this is a beautiful and good thing. Help us to do this. In your good name, amen. Friends, I encourage you to do this. Find someone, talk to someone. How, in this season, can you begin to invest in your personal spiritual growth? Take care.